Hey everyone, welcome back to Two Girls in a Podcast. I'm your co-host Katie. And I'm Jen. And we're back. back. (laughs) It's been a long break. (laughs) It has. Unexpectedly, we apologize that we have been gone, but you know, unfortunately Jen had something happen and she needed to heal, so we needed this time. To, to help yes. with that. Yeah. So something unexpected. Definitely yes. would have never thought that would happen, but right. Super scary. <laughs> Super scary. Yeah. Yes. But, um, she's still here with us, which is great. I'm so thankful. Um, probably one of the scariest moments in my life that I've experienced. So, um, today that's actually what we're talking about. Jen's going to kind of mm-hmm. go over at her comfort of giving information of what really happened. And, um, you know, and to know she's healed. She is not fully healed, but she's healed. She does sound a little different than she did before. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit like more of a weaker voice. So, um, but, yeah. um, you know, Jen, take it away. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Where do we begin? <laughs> I wrote my notes out so I wouldn't forget or whatever. Okay. And um, I apologize um, if my voice goes out at all or whatever because it's been a long time since I've talked this long. So yeah. Yeah. we'll see. Um, I think I should be fine though. Um, but basically, I will start off by saying that, you know, I went on a Disney trip um, with my sister, two of my sisters and my niece in the second week of December. Mm-hmm. Which we will have an episode about that later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, it was about halfway through that trip where I started getting sick. Um, before I went, I will say I had a little cold, like a little cough or something, but nothing unusual. I thought it was just the changing of the weather and, you know, where we live. Like, it can go from hot, super hot, 80, 90s yeah. to cold. And then I was going from, you know, cold here mm-hmm. to like a heat wave yeah. going on in Florida. 80s, I think. In yeah, it was like high yeah. 80s, low 90s yeah. when we were at Disney, which is insane for December. Right. Well, because we so, were there just in November, yeah. and it was cooler yeah. in November <laughs> than it was in December. Super weird. Very weird. So just the, you know, so I didn't think anything about it, and then like halfway through, it started getting worse, and um, you know, I started getting, I, I, you know, I started throwing up. And again, I thought it was like a stomach bug, which I've gotten before at Disney, unfortunately, with all those people and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I'm working from home now. I don't have as much immunity build up, you know, being around, I'm not really around kids or around people that much, you Mm -hmm. know, so it's very, I'm very susceptible to the stuff like that. And so I was like, okay, it'll pass tomorrow, you know, Mm -hmm. and it didn't (laughs) and it just got worse. And, um, you know, so I was trying to push through it. Because I didn't want to ruin our Disney trip. And at right. this point, it was just me and my one sister. And I know that she was getting frustrated because it was like, you know, her trip too. We planned this. And I couldn't go out and do anything because, you know, I should have known because I have never felt like that before. Mm-hmm. It was a completely different, you know. Like, once I got past that second day of being really sick, I was just like, I just don't feel normal, you know. Right, like, yeah. felt really weird. And... So she was, you know, she was like, come on, let's go out. You know, I was like, okay, I'm going to try to, she would go out in the morning and Mm -hmm. I would go meet her and I would stay there as long as I could. I was like, I can't do this anymore, you Mm -hmm. know? And, um, I had um, one incident on Soren that was like a little, a little scary. Mm -hmm. So it was like, we were waiting, um, we had gotten Genie Plus, which is another thing too. We had we had pl- paid for that the night before, and yeah. then thinking I was going to be fine. Mm-hmm. So it's like I already paid the money for this thing, and I, I was like, I have to go use it some a little bit. Yeah. So I pushed myself to go out, and I mean, I'm at Disney. I yeah. want to enjoy Disney, you know. Yeah. Like 
and I'd already pay, paid for all these days and tickets and stuff like that. And so, um, but I was just feeling terrible. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go through at least the big highlighted, you know, rides that I wanted to yeah. ride. Yeah. And so we go to ride Soren and with Genie Plus, you're supposed to get like, you know, I don't know. And I guess you're not supposed to get on right away, but I feel like it was, it's usually it not that long away. Yeah. yeah. But I guess they were really backed up. I don't know. But we stood there for like 30 minutes and I was like, I felt like I was going to pass out. I just couldn't, like, I don't know. It was like everything was really fuzzy. The lights were really bright. Like, mm-hmm. like everything looked really yellow, like, from yeah. my eyesight and stuff. And so I told my sister, I was like, I'm not feeling well, you know, whatever. And, you know, I didn't know if I should leave or not. But I'm like, maybe it'll pass. And then it started to pass. So I was like, okay, maybe I'm just lightheaded because I hadn't been eating either. Right. Because I felt, you know, I'd thrown up yeah. and just not feeling I well. Yeah, dehydrated. Yeah, dehydrated. Like so I'm yeah. just thinking, okay, maybe I'm just, after this, I need to sit down, you mm-hmm. know? And, um, so we go in line, you know, when you go in and you watch the video yeah. and then you go in like line by line, mm-hmm. well, we go in there and then all of a sudden just was like, everything was spinning and I was just like, kind of laid my head down, like on the railing on my arm, you know, and just kind of was like, you know, I got to get through this. I'm just about to go on the ride. I can get through it, you know? And, um, and then all of a sudden, like, and I remember my, my, my hearing, I couldn't like hear that mm-hmm. well. And then I just heard somebody saying, are you okay? Are you okay? You know? And it like, I was like, what? And like, I sit up and there was nobody in the area. Like all the, everybody was gone and there was two people behind me uh, and they were looking at me and they're like, are you okay? And I was just like, I just got dizzy, you know? And I just walked in and I said, I was like, Steph, you didn't even notice I wasn't here, you know? <laughs> and she was like, oh yeah, I didn't even pay attention. And, and so, um, but once I got on the ride and I sat down, you felt better. I felt so much better. Yeah. And like, I know you're not supposed to, I took my mask off when I was sitting on the yeah. ride. Because um, I couldn't breathe. Yeah. And, you know, when you, you especially on soaring, you, you get the wind in your face right. and that helps so much. Yeah. I was just like sitting there like, oh, okay, I can, yeah. this is yeah. fine, you know. And mm-hmm. after we got off, I, we sat at the tables out there and, but I just still wasn't feeling well. Yeah. When you over, you know? like, you could be as much as a mass person as you want to be, but when you're not feeling well and you're overexerting yourself more than you normally do. Yeah. Those masks can make you feel pretty bad. Oh, yeah. 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 So, and it was hot. It was so hot. Yeah. It was just like, my mask was wet, and I was just like, you know, I don't know. I was just not having a good time. I was just, yeah. I hated the mask thing, and yeah. I just was like, I'm so over this. I, I can't breathe. I can't, you know, catch my breath and everything. So, but anyway, so that, it, it kind of went like that for the rest of the trip. You know, I, it kind of was bad or whatever, and I did the best I could to make the most of it. But, yeah. um, you know, came home. And I wasn't sleeping as well. Mm-hmm. So not only was I like throwing up and not feeling sick and not eating, mm-hmm. I wasn't sleeping. I could not sleep. Mm-hmm. I don't, I couldn't like, I don't know. It was just such a weird feeling. So I came mm-hmm. home and I still was not sleeping well. Mm-hmm. And I had to go to work that Monday and I went to work that Monday and I actually was fine. Okay. I felt good for the day. I went, you know, I, I worked, I was fine, but I was like, I still was really tired because yeah. I still wasn't sleeping. And then that night was probably the worst night. Um, one of the worst nights I've ever had because I could not, again, could not sleep. And I was up and down. Like, I was laying in my bed. And now I know why, but obviously I didn't know at the time. And I could, I was in so much pain, you know. Yeah. And I kept trying to turn and, and fall asleep, and I couldn't. I got up and I went to the couch mm-hmm. trying to sleep like that. No, I was just, like, hot and cold and just everything going on. You was like you were having difficulty breathing yes. on top of it. Yeah. yeah. So everything was, like, just terrible, you know. Yeah. And... 
so the next morning I woke up, or I guess I fell asleep sometime, and I woke up. This was Tuesday, right? This was Tuesday, yeah. Because I was texting you every day since you got home. Yeah. And I was like, how are you feeling? Yeah. After you, you know, you kept that information from me most of the week, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, you tell me as you're coming home, I haven't been feeling well. Yeah. You took forever to get back with me on Tuesday, and it was freaking me out. Oh, no. I'm yes. sorry. <laughs> about to call my mom and be like, you need to go check on Jen, please. <laughs> well, I guess that's what everything started. So I, you know, woke up and I was like this, <gasps> you know, breathing yeah. like that. And I was just like, what is wrong? So I called my mom because I didn't know what to do, you yeah. know? And she was just like, well, we'll come up there. So mom and dad came up here and then mom, when she saw me, she was like, you need to call 911. She was like, yeah. you are terrible. You know, you can't breathe or whatever. So I was just like, I don't want to call 911. I've never called 911 for myself, for anything, mm-hmm. you know? And I was just, I felt so embarrassed, you know? And I was like, okay, whatever, just do it, you know? And so um, they came, and I think it was just, I don't know if it was the ambulance or what, because I never looked outside, but I think it was just firemen, three firemen. Okay. Um, I guess it could have been an ambulance or whatever, but, you know, they came in, and they were, like, assessing me, whatever, like, uh, you know, looking at me and yeah. stuff like that. I'm like, I can't breathe and everything. And they said they thought I was having a panic attack. And, um, you know, I was just like, I don't know. I mean, I've had panic attacks before, yeah. and it wasn't like this. And, you know, I felt, and I said, I've been sick and stuff. And, right. And they were like, well, we can take you to the hospital if you want, but, you know, we think you're having a panic attack. Panic attack. Yeah. And I was just like, well, they're the experts, right? I mean, they should know what they're talking about. So I just said, well, I don't want to go to the hospital if I don't have to go to the hospital. Right. But then they were like, well, we think you should go, at least go to urgent care and get checked to see if you have COVID, you know? Okay. And so I was like, okay, well, I guess I could do that. So they left, and then um, we went to the urgent care. My mom and dad r- drove me to the urgent care right near my house. They were booked. They could not take me. So we went to another urgent care. They were booked. I guess not booked, but put on a waiting list. She said she wasn't going to see me till afternoon. And this was like... 8 o'clock in the morning, 8, oh, okay. 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, I can't wait three hours with how I was breathing because right. it was getting worse, yeah. you know? And so I was just like, but after the urgent care, I was just like, just take me home. I was just so frustrated. And I just, you know, like I said, they came and checked me. And I was just like, if I'm having a panic, I just need to calm down. And, you know, I'm just not feeling well. And But my dad was like very insistent. Right. He was just like, you know, you don't sound right. He's like, you need to go get the check. So he drove me mm-hmm. to um, the hospital. The mental hospital was like for, to the ER. Your dad was a saving grace in that. Yeah, he was. He was. And so we went, me and my mom went in, they checked me in, and I was just like, I'm having a really hard time. I mean, I'm literally like talking to him like, I can't breathe, you know, yeah. whatever. And he's just like, okay, go take a seat, you know? Yeah. And I'm just like sitting there and he's like, I'll let them know that you're, ha- you're having a hard time breathing or whatever. And I don't know if he didn't tell anybody or what, but I sat there for 20 minutes and it was getting worse. Like, like I literally couldn't even catch my breath at all, you know? And I was like freaking out sitting there. I didn't know what to do. It just, there were a ton of people there, you know? And it just, you know, I just didn't know what to do. So I walked up and again, I'm having to wear the mask because you have to wear the mask, you know, at this time everywhere. And yeah, I guess you still have to wear the mask in the hospital, but you know, I was like, I'm, I can't breathe still. I was like, and he's like, Oh, let me go tell some woman or whatever, you know? And I was like, okay. And then he, the woman comes out and she looks at me and she's just like, um, sit in this wheelchair, you know, like she rolled a wheelchair out or something. And so I sat in it and then she went somewhere and then she came back and then she rolled me into this room, you know, and she hooked me up to like all the stuff or whatever. 
And then she, like, literally was, like, looking at the screen, and she, like, turns to me, and her eyes, I swear, Katie, were, like, this big. And she was just, like, you are really sick, you know? And I was just, like, what? Like, yeah. like it scared me, you know? It's just, Probably like, your pulse ox. Yeah, because yeah. she said it was, like, 76 or something. Yeah. And your oxygen must have been really low. It was really low and yeah. stuff, and she was, like, freaking out, and she was, like, um... You know, and she like left the room like really quickly, and I was just like, I don't know what to do. You know, I texted mom because they're sitting. They didn't come in with me. They had gone out into the truck waiting yeah. for me, and um, you know, I texted her. I said, I don't know what's going on. You know, she just said I'm sick, and I forgot what I said. You know, and then um, she mom's like, can, I, can we come in? And I was like, not yet, because the girl had told me. Uh, well, this I guess was after. Like she came back in. And like, so this is like craziest thing, but she had put on this like purple glove, mm -hmm. you know, and it had these little things sticking out of them, you know. And I was like, "What is that? What is she gonna do?" And she literally comes at me with this glove like this and shoves it right <laughs> up my nose, Katie. And I was just like, "What is going on?" She's like, "Hold still, hold still," you know. And I'm like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, she should have told you. It's like, "Well, I'm gonna do this." She's gonna do the so COVID test, you know. I had yeah. no idea. And then she comes out. She was like, you know. She's like, we're going to test you for COVID and stuff. And then, um, you know, I said, well, can my parents come in? Because they wanted to come in. And she's like, no, because we don't know if you have COVID or not. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay. And then she, like, rolled me in. And they, just, they took x-rays, chest x-rays and all this stuff. And they hooked me up to an oxygen tank right. and stuff. And, um, and then she just, like, wheeled me into the hallway and was like, um, you know, we're going to, we have to wait for a bed. There's yeah. not a bed open up for you or whatever. And, or a room or whatever. And... So, to be honest, after that, I don't remember what happened. Um, I looked at my text message, and I was texting mom, but I don't remember doing that, and I don't remember them telling me what happened, and, like, whatever. The next thing I remember is being in the room, um, like, on the hospital bed with the chest tube in, in me. Oh. In the front of me. And that, but I, I don't remember being confused about that, if right. that makes sense. Like, that chunk of time is, like, missing in my yeah. head, but... I must have been aware and conscious of what was going yeah. on when it was happening because I wasn't confused or anything. I was just yeah, kind of like... Because you spoke to me between that period. Okay, so I don't remember that yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah. You physically called me. Oh, really? I was texting you and I was like, Jen, <laughs> I was like, what's going what on? What I say? I don't you, remember. You just said, I'm okay. Yeah, like, I could totally tell something was wrong because <laughs> you sounded like you were out of it. Okay. And you, your voice, your okay. voice was so weak and you were just like... Everything's okay, Katie. <laughs> I'm gonna make it fine. And then that was it. And I was like, okay. And then that was it. That was it, Jen. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, and then we kind of hung up. I just said, I love you. And you said it back. And then that's so funny. The next thing I knew, your mom texted me and said you had a chest tube. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. See, I don't remember any of that. Yeah. Like, I remember the chest tube being in me. And like I said, I wasn't confused about the chest tube. Mm -hmm. Or I don't remember being confused or anything like that. That's just where my memory kind of picks up, mm -hmm. you know, being in the hospital. I know mom and dad were there in the hospital room with me. Um, and, you know, I don't really remember, like, exactly what happened. I think it, um, I know remember they were giving me, like, breathing. Well, okay, so I guess at this point I can tell everybody what I end up having. Yes. Was. Because um, it was not COVID. It was not it COVID. Was not COVID, y'all. It was not COVID, they 100% thought it was. Good gracious. You had enough COVID tests that would last oh a God. lifetime yes. for anybody. <laughs> yes. Um, so it was not COVID. Um, I had a collapsed lung mm -hmm. um, is what was causing me to not breathe well. But I ended up with strep pneumonia. Mm -hmm. And that um, and it had caused an infection in my lungs and stuff. And um, so at the time, I guess I didn't know how bad it had gotten on my lungs. So 
you know, they did the, they did a little test too, apparently is what they told me. And, um, they were giving me breathing treatments constantly to help me out. And I do remember that I was like, definitely in and out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and it was right. So y'all went to the hospital on the 21st, um, which I guess that night too, at the 22nd, they had to transfer me to the uptown hospital right. because they could not handle what was wrong with mm -hmm. me. And this was right at the holidays, December. This was December 22nd was mm -hmm. when I went into the bigger hospital. And the night before, so I had never been in an ambulance or anything. That was my first ambulance ride. I remember all of that okay. because they, she, I remember the nurse came in at like 10, 10 at night and told me that I was going to be transferred, you know, and they were going to take me uptown. And she's like, they'll be here soon to transfer you. And so I told my parents, and they left. Um, they went to my house okay. um, to kind of just sit here until they were told where I was going or where um, when I was leaving, right? Mm -hmm. And they did not come pick me up until like four thirty, five o'clock in the morning okay. to take me. So I'm glad my parents didn't hang out or right. whatever, you know, yeah. it felt bad. Um, so, um, you know, I remember I, I looked back and I had a text message to my mom saying they're transferring me or whatever. Um and so, um, you yeah, know, it was like my first tran you know, ambulance ride. Right. I mean, it was weird. So, <laughs> but, um, you know, they, they put me into the bigger hospital, into the room and, and everything. And I remember being like, like I said, in and out of it. Um, and I guess the chest tube wasn't, wasn't doing a good enough job of getting the fluid out of my lungs. Right. Um, so they needed to put a bigger one in. And I remember this because I was awake during this surgery. Um, but I didn't, I don't feel, I did not feel anything. Or at least what they say is you don't remember you feel anything. Right. But I don't think I felt anything because I wasn't like, ow, ow, you know, yeah, or anything. You twilight. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and like, I remember them saying, you don't feel anything or you don't hurt, you know, you're not, you're not supposed to be hurting. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel anything, no pressure or anything. And, and it was really weird because they had put me, um, I was in a, like a, um, MR, what's, is it MRI? CT scan? The CT scanner? Um, like, um. So like that big thing where you, where you, they, is they, it like you roll into a tube? Yeah. That's an MRI. MRI. Yeah. That's what it was. Okay. Like, but it's not like the other side's not empty. It's like, you're literally going into a tube and that's it. Like when you roll to one side, it's not like it's. Yeah. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah. So an M so it was empty on the other side? No. It, not that I remember. Okay. Because an MRI is like where you roll into like basically like a tube, a very claustrophobic Yeah. Tube. And then the magnetic thing spins? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. That's what it was. Okay. Because um, the guy, I remember the, the surgeon got, because I was like, I didn't understand what was going on that they wanted to put a bigger chest tube in me. Okay. Apparently mom knew this and I guess they had, because she had signed off on it or something. Okay. Because um, I guess I was out of, because I I'm assuming I was in pain mm -hmm. or they were trying to keep me because of the collapsed lung or whatever. You were in a lot of pain. So, yeah. And yeah. so they were giving me medication and I didn't, I don't remember like, you know, anything, but, um, yeah, your mom was updating us. So okay. She said that you would express how painful things were. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. It's okay. Because we would always ask her and she would just say the tube isn't working because it's not helping with her pain and yeah. not giving her things for her pain and. Okay. Stuff like that. So yeah, you were in a lot of pain. Okay. Yeah. So I don't remember that either. Mm -hmm. So, um, and you know, they, like I said, I knew, I knew afterwards they wanted to give me a, a bigger, um, too, but I remember they wanted me obviously not to eat and drink, I mm -hmm. guess before. And my mouth was so dry. Like I could not even talk. And also I, I will mention that I had lost my voice. Like Katie said, mm -hmm. pretty much that day, the 22nd, it was like in and out, but mostly gone. Mm -hmm. Like I mostly did not have a voice. And so that was hard too to try to talk to people and tell right. them what was going on. 
but like my mouth was so dry, I like literally like was pulling my lips apart because yes. of how dry they were. And the guy, I was like, can I please have some water? And he's like, you can't have anything. And I'm like, well, my lips, I can't take this. Like, mm-hmm. this is miserable. And so they gave me like, like, it's like a little sponge thing. Okay. I don't know if you've ever seen it before, mm-hmm. but, and he was like, you can use this to like, Wet your lips, you know? So I was like, okay, that was a saving grace. It didn't help much with my dry throat, but it definitely helped helped that or whatever. And so, um, you know, they took me back, like, to the thing, like, back to the MRI. And, you know, the the surgeon's, like, over me, and I'm, like, halfway in the MRI machine. And he's, like, doing his work to get the chest tube in. And I remember thinking to myself, this is so petty, but I was thinking it was, like, I hadn't shaved my underarms. And they kept one, like moving my arm up, and I was just so embarrassed. I don't thinking, think they care. I know they probably have no idea, you know. But I was just—that's what I was thinking in my head. I was just yeah. like, "Oh God, that's so embarrassing," you know. And um, but like, you know, he was like doing his thing or whatever, and um, then they would like he would move back, and then they would wheel me into the thing. I'm sorry, I'm laughing with underarm. <laughs> Well, it's crazy the things you think about, right? You know? Yeah. It's just like every day, what do they tell you to make sure you have clean underwear? Yes. No holes or anything. You never know what's going to happen. Which, that's another thing. I have no idea. I hope I undressed myself and got into the hospital gown because I don't remember that. I don't remember. I seriously doubt it. I'm pretty sure they probably did it. Okay. Well, they didn't cut my clothes off, so that's a good thing. Okay. You know? But I was like, I I mean, I'm pretty sure I had clean underwear, I think. (laughs) I don't think they cared about you that. Know, I'm sure they didn't or whatever, but I just remember thinking, you know, I wonder who would undress me because yeah, I was in a hospital. From what I remember, I was in that wheelchair and then I'm in the hospital gown in the hospital with yeah. the chest tube in. And um, so anyway, they're doing the second chest tube and the, he's rolling me in, I guess, to see to make sure that wherever they're placing it mm-hmm. is in the right place to get the fluid out. I don't know, but they would put me in, it would spin, I have to, you have to hold your breath, which I hate that thing. I wonder if that was a CT scan. Maybe a CT scan. Yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah. he was, they were like, hold your breath, mm-hmm. breathe, you know? And I remember, like, I can't do it, you know? And yeah. it was, like, hard, you know, whatever. But then they would roll me back out, and he would do his thing, whatever. Yeah. And then, but I was, like, conscious through the whole thing. And, um, you know, they had taken me out back to the room, and I remember this guy. <laughs> I don't remember why I said this, but I remember saying, there's my guy. <laughs> hey, my guy, you're here. I was wondering where you were. <laughs> and he was just laughing, and I was just like... Do I, you know, and I don't remember, you know, mm-hmm. like I remember saying that to him and like clearly knowing who this was, but I don't remember how I knew who he was yeah. or what he must've been like maybe the first chest tube and I just lost that memory or yeah. whatever. But I just remember thinking, he I'm glad he's here, you know, because I felt comfortable, I guess with him yeah. because he had been in the room and he was like, and he stayed in the room all day long, I guess, to monitor me with the chest tube okay. and the fluid coming out and all that stuff. Um, and it wasn't long after this that I met the thoracic surgeon. Um, and I guess they were really trying to hope that the fluid would come out with the chest tube. But he also said that the infection had destroyed part of my lung. Right. You know, so I had necrosis of the lung. So they were, like, I had no choice. I was going to have to have surgery for them to cut the lung out, you know, part mm-hmm. of the lung off. And um, and this was on my right lung, you know, so. Just FYI, everybody, you know, I'm not... I'm, I'm a, I'm a medical assistant. I had absolutely zero idea we had four lungs. <laughs> okay? No idea. Okay? So if you're looking at your body, you suit two lobes. Yeah, yeah. But your right lung consists of three. Yeah. So it was so like the bottom. This is something I learned from this. <laughs> yes, which is like, because that's what they were telling me. Like, you have the, like more lung on the right, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they, they basically the, la- the lower, the third lobe um, was what they had to take off. Okay. 
or they were going to have to take off. And so, you know, this was, I also want to mention this is like, I'm pretty sure I had um, the second chest tube been put in on the 23rd. I think. I don't remember what. Day. I don't remember it being Christmas Eve. I think it was Chris, the day before Christmas Eve. And then, because I remember Christmas Eve, because I remember mom and dad coming, and I was watching on the FaceTime, my family, like, open their gifts and stuff, because I wasn't there. Um, I don't remember a whole, and I do remember that freaking Polar Express was on. I'm sorry, I hate that movie. It's a creepy movie. (laughs) It's such a creepy movie, and I was just, and it just, like, I couldn't, I didn't have the, uh, um, like, I know this is crazy, like, it it was weird, because I couldn't really, like function normally mm-hmm. like I was telling my actually had my touch base with my, my boss the other day which I told her that I'm recording this episode so she's listening hey Brittany <laughs> but um I was telling her that I would pick up my phone to like text someone mm-hmm. and I couldn't text I couldn't do it like my mental capacity like I know this sounds so dumb I, like, I wasn't stupid and nothing was happening to my brain it was just I couldn't get the word I couldn't make my fingers type you know yeah and I would have to give my phone to my mom and say can you type this you know and send this or whatever it was it was just in the first few days that I was there that's why I did a lot of FaceTiming you know I pretty much FaceTime with Katie every single day Mm -hmm. I was there Valerie Valerie too Mm -hmm. you know and my my sisters and stuff like that Mm -hmm. Um, because if y'all don't know because of COVID the rules are only two people could come a day Mm -hmm. to see me so um, and at that time, my mom was really, you know, wanting to be there. Right. We and everything. We didn't want to mess that up. Yeah. Like, we didn't want to mess up her family being able to come as much as we wanted to. Yeah. So, it took yeah. a little bit. I know Valerie came, So, we didn't know that rule at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So, I know that Valerie came on the 23rd um, I, or maybe the 22nd at night when I officially moved to the Uptown Hospital. Mm-hmm. Her and Veronica came, like, mm-hmm. the first night. And... Um, they, um, you know, brought me some stuff or whatever just to say hey. And then the next morning, Casey came, mm-hmm. um, which is another friend of mine. And um, she came that morning. And I don't remember. She said I was definitely out of it. And she said I was asking her how her parents were. And if y'all don't know, Casey's parents have been divorced since I've known her. And I've known her since I was four years old. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> there was never a parent situation, right? And she, I said, I don't remember asking her that, you right. know. And she said she could tell I was so out of it. Like, really out of it but I do remember her bringing chicken minis because she was like you want a chicken mini I was like yeah and I remember her like clean straightening up my room mm-hmm. like cleaning up and stuff and and she was just like don't worry about me just just rest and whatever because I guess I was trying to stay up right. and talk to her and stuff yeah, like that yeah um but then and then she had to figure out something with because mom and dad wanted to come later that day mm-hmm. and then was like the whole thing about only two people could come and we, yeah. like I said we didn't know that and I think they figured it out. I don't know what they ended up doing, but they came later and, you know, whatever. Um, and then Christmas Eve the next day, and I remember the doctor coming in, you know, on Christmas Eve and talking to me about what was going you know, going on. He's like, we're trying to see how this um, tube does and everything like that, and then we'll talk more if we're going to have to have surgery and everything like that. This was before, I guess, they really knew that the infection had um, destroyed my lung, basically, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it was miserable having Christmas. <laughs> it's a miserable, miserable time at Disney. Yes. Partially. Yeah. And, you know. And then the holidays. And for any people who don't know, my niece's birthday is the 28th and my nephew's birthday is the 29th. Yeah. So I was going to miss all of that, you yep. know. And um, so I missed Christmas. And, well, actually, okay, I take that back. I didn't know at the time, right? So I missed Christmas and I was like, okay, get through this crap, whatever. 
And then I remember the doctor, the infectious disease doctor coming in. He's like, maybe we'll be able to get you out before New Year's. And I was thinking, I'd have to be in here till New Year's. Obviously not knowing what was going to happen after that. Right. But I was yeah. just like, that sucks. You know, I don't want to be here anymore. And you came and saw me on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the Sunday before my surgery. Right? Yes. I want to say it was right after New Year's. We came and saw you. Okay. That's right. Because I had my surgery on the 4th, which yeah. was um, a Tuesday. Yep. So you came on the 2nd. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah, sounds yeah. about right. Yes. Yeah. So you got to, you, Katie and her mom got to come see me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my sister, Michelle and Ashley, two sisters, they came like the third day I was in the hospital, the second or third day. Mm-hmm. Um, they did show up when I was, I remember cause I was being taken to get like CT scans and chest x-rays or whatever they were doing to me. And, um, and then Michelle and her husband came one night, mm-hmm. um, to see me. Um, at night or whatever. And, um, that was about it. Besides that, my parents were the only people yeah. there yeah. the whole time or whatever. And, um, you know, I, um, like, like I said, it was like once it got, and then once it was like the couple days before New Year's and the doctor, um, came in and was like, you know, we're going to have to have surgery. This is what's going to happen. And he's like, but we can't do it until after the holidays. He said like they're closed Monday and, you know, for the holiday or whatever. He's mm-hmm. doing, so your surgery's on the Tuesday. Yep. And so I was like, great. So now I'm have like five, because I remember thinking, oh, that's five days away, you know? Yeah. So now I have to sit in here five more days yeah. plus recovery, you know? So I was just not happy about that, you know, whatever. And so it was just basically, you know, in the hospital sitting there and I was hooked up to the bed. I couldn't do anything. That was the worst. Like, you know, having to use like the bedside commode you know mm-hmm. and stuff and just I wasn't used to all that you know and um they also had like this is so weird but I was uh I, don't know if I, I was telling you or Valerie about it but the like you could sit like or not, not sit when you're you're laying in bed they put like something like it wasn't a catheter but it was like this like instrument I guess that was like kind of this is very I'm being very candid here (laughs) but it like goes between your legs you know and like you pee and it like collects the pee like you can pee in bed like it sounds so weird and I remember like telling the nurse I was like you know I need to go to the bathroom and she was like you know I was like I just gotta pee or whatever can I have one of those just for day-to-day life (laughs) I know right (laughs) (laughs) I don't have to go to the bathroom (laughs) you have no me no idea how many times I thought that Especially when I was just out of the hospital. Right. You know, I was like, I just don't want to, like, because yeah, it was so to hard to get up. Yeah. yeah. Um. I, was, I'm he- I was healthy and still I'm like, <laughs> I would so much rather have that. <laughs> it's so true. So true. So I was sitting there and, and I was like, I need to go. And she's like, you know, well, you have, I forgot what she called it. I can't, I feel like it was like started with like Perry something. I don't know. Okay. But um, I'll have to look it up or something. But. Yeah, because it's not, yeah, you're right. It's not a catheter. No, it's not a catheter. Yeah. It was like a, like, I remember it was like, kind of like, look it up. This <laughs> is weird. It like looks like a banana from what I remember, you know, like, I don't know. And oh, Jen, you guys drinking something. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And so, and she was like, just pee. And I'm like, I'm in bed. And she was like, you have the thing, whatever. And I was just like, she's like, just pee. And I'm like, really? And she's like, yeah. And so I did. And then like, yeah. It, like, caught all of it. Like, it did not go on my bed or anything. It's so weird to me that it happened, and I don't know, like, it was, like, magic. (laughs) (laughs) And the urine just disappeared. Yes, yes. And I will say, um, I didn't mention this before, but when I first, 
When I woke up with the chest tube in me, I also had, they had put an IV port on my thigh. Is this it? Yes. Yes. Is it? Okay, so it's called a pure wick system. Okay. Yeah, so basically it wicks up the urine. Yeah. And then puts it into a container that they empty. Okay. That's what it was. Yeah. That was it. it. does look like a banana. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and so it worked, I'll tell you that, you know. And, um, you know, like, um, you know, and I, well, like, with the, the ivy port being, like, in my thigh, mm-hmm. you know, that was, like, weird. Um, and I remember that they were like, we need to get that out of you because it can cause infections. And I guess when I was originally... At the Mint Hill Hospital, that's where they put the smaller chest tube in and the IV port. Oh, okay. So when I was, you know, at the um, Uptown, you know, they, um, like, were like, we need to take this out mm-hmm. or whatever. And I don't remember them removing it, but obviously they did, right. you know. Yeah. And um, so, like, you know, I'm just, like, laying there day-to-day life, watching TV, eating the worst food ever. Yes. Like, I, I didn't really eat much. And, you know, like, prayers to my parents and you. You brought me food. Valor brought me food. You know, and Casey brought me food. She brought mm-hmm. me Jersey Mike's one night and stuff. And, you know, you brought me Mexican, which yeah. was delicious, you know, and yep. stuff. And, um, but yeah, it just, you know, just wait until my surgery date, you know. Yeah. And I was like, as it got closer, it was like really scaring me because I'd never have surgery. In my, I had never been in the hospital before, y'all. This yeah. is the first time of everything. Yeah. I didn't know any of this, like any of this life, like being admitted to the hospital, being, you know, having to do this, having people clean you and wipe you. And that was like, especially the first few days when I was really out of it, like, you know, to be very candid, they had to do everything for me, you know? And it's very embarrassing. You lose all that modesty. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you're sitting there like, you know, what can I do? I mean, they're just like, get up, bend over, let me do this and Mm -hmm. let me do this. And, you know, they're giving me sponge baths and stuff and, and everything. And I remember talking to the doctor because it had been like a week that had been in there and I had not been able to take a shower, you know, and I was just feeling so gross. My hair hadn't been washed. You know, Mm -hmm. I was using dry shampoo that Casey had given me Mm -hmm. every day. You know, I was like, you know, you can only do that so much before you're like, I just can't. I felt so weird. Yeah. And so I talked to the doctor. She's like, yeah, you can shower. She's like, just try not to get, you know, your chest tube wet and everything like that. And, um, I told that to the nurse, you know, it was like, and so there was, I, I would say 99% of my nurses and C, the CNAs were amazing. Mm-hmm. They were, you know, on top of everything. They were so nice, helped me with everything, but there was a few bad apples, you know, mm-hmm. and this one particularly was a bad one. Um, because like originally the doctor came in because I wasn't eating the hospital food. I mean, it was terrible mm-hmm. and I was eating a little bit of what mom and dad would bring in, but not a whole lot and right. stuff like that. And you know, they were just like, you know, you need to get your nutrition in. And the doctor was like, you're healing. So he's like, eat whatever you want. Eat milkshakes, eat whatever. He's like, mm-hmm. I don't care. He's like, just get your nutrients in, you know? Right. And so I had told mom that I wanted Chick-fil-A because that was like my favorite place, mm-hmm. basically, with like a milkshake and stuff. Yeah. And this freaking nurse like shamed me for that. And I was so upset and embarrassed. I threw away all the food. Yeah, I remember that you story. Know? And I was just so upset about it because of, like, how she was talking to me. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, the doctor told me I could eat whatever I wanted. Like, I needed to heal and, and everything. And she's like, I don't believe that. I don't think that's true. Whatever. And I was, he was like, she's like, I need to talk to this doctor. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, this is what he said, you know. Right. And I've had, I had two more doctors later on come in and say the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Two separate, so three doctors the whole time I was there told me the exact same thing. Eat whatever I wanted. I was right. not on a diet restriction. 
And, I mean, she literally would come in and take my orange juice for me. Like, that I couldn't drink my orange juice. Was she juice. looking at the wrong patient chart? I have no idea. And I was like, because I would, they give you orange juice like this. Like, it was like yeah. a small little thing. So small. I guess people can't see what I'm doing. But it's like yeah. a, like a, like, say like a dip cup you would get from like uh, a pizza place or for your wings or something. Right. Like, yeah. that's all the, the juice you would get. Yeah. And so, you know, and I would, I was not eating that breakfast. Right. Terrible. So I would ask for two juices and they would always bring me two juices. And yeah. I'm like, at least I can drink some orange juice. And the girl was like, I can't give you orange juice. And she took it away from me. And she's like, I can give you cranberry juice, but not orange juice or whatever. And I was just so frustrated, you yeah. know? And this was also the same nurse that I said, well, I talked to the doctor today and she said I could shower. She was like, but she said, you know, you got to help me. And she refused to help She you. refused to help me. She said, she's like, no, you can't shower with your chest tube. And I'm like, the do- I literally talked to the doctor, like mm-hmm. the surgeon that's going to do my surgery. She just didn't want to do it. She didn't want And like, that's what I was thinking. Like, she just didn't want to be bothered mm-hmm. to do it. And that was very frustrating. Cause I was just like, and so I actually had Valor and Casey came up that one night yeah. and they washed my hair for me yeah. as I lay on the bed and like a thing or whatever and helped me to get clean and stuff like that, which was such a... Oh my God, just have my hair washed was yeah, like... That makes a difference. It made such yeah. a difference. I'm like, oh, this is so good, you know? So nice or whatever. And um, so then surgery comes up. And like I said, I was very, you know, scared because I had never had surgery before. Mm-hmm. And so I was terrified about anesthesia. Like, mm-hmm. like going to sleep and never waking up was like such a fear. And I know that's like, like obviously everybody's fear and stuff. But, right. you know, the, the anesthesia just whatever I think it was like an assistant came in and was like asking me questions like you know do you want us to do everything we can if you you know I guess people have where they don't they don't I want do blood transfusions or do not resuscitate you yeah. know things like that and I'm like do everything you can I'm coming back you know <laughs> it's like I don't want to die you know so I was just like you know very very like scared and like even though they kept telling me don't worry about it you're gonna be fine and it was just I still never been through it and to think about it was just like terrifying and so my niece she got me a um a little stuffed animal that she named Emma and um she had written me a note that said like you know I know you're scared before surgery um but just hug this I think it was a sloth just hug this sloth um, and you'll be hugging me, you know, Aww, it was so really sweet. cute. So and then sweet. like, apparently there's like a message. Um, she had put a message inside the bear Okay. that's like, and Michelle had taken a picture of it. I think it's like, I love you at Madeline or so. I can't remember exactly what was in it. Um, I have a little bear on my, um, on my bookshelf okay. or whatever that's sitting there and everything, but it definitely helped, you know, it was like, Oh, that was sweet and stuff like that. But you know, I was really nervous. Um, so mom and dad spent the night with me that night. And they had spent the night a few times, mm-hmm. not a lot, but maybe two or three times by this point. And, but that nurse that night was like, um, visiting hours were over to like my parents, you know? And cause we didn't know, like they had been here and they, no one had ever said anything. Mm-hmm. And like I said, they had spent the night, nurses have come in, no one said anything to them. Was it the same nurse? It was a different, you know, okay. I had basically had a different nurse almost every time. Okay. Sometimes I had the same one, you know, here and there tw- a couple times, but most of the time it was a different nurse. And like I said, no one ever said anything to them like, you need to be gone by this time or you need to leave or whatever. Right. And I could tell my mom was like mad. She was like, you know. My she's mom would have had words. Yeah. She was like, well, we're having, she's having surgery tomorrow, you know, so that's why we're here. Because they said my surgery was going to be at six in the morning. Mm-hmm. Or they were going to take me at six in the morning. My surgery was going to be at seven. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I mean, it would have been hard for them to try and get there and not, and I wanted somebody to be there with mm-hmm. me, like. 
You know, I was just freaking out. Who wants a to be bit. alone? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, and she was like, "Well, I just need to know because you know you're not supposed to be here or whatever and stuff like that." But she didn't say much after that and mm-hmm. just kind of like let it be. So I was like, "Okay, good." I was like, "I was like this is like midnight," and she's mm-hmm. like saying this. I'm like, "What are you gonna make him go home now?" Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they've been here all day. They've been here yeah. all day. There's nothing, you know. Um, so they um, came and got me at five that morning. Okay. Which was so early, and I was just like, I'm not ready for this, you know. And they rolled me down and prepped me, you know. And you're about to have some good sleep, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know that's what that's what the exactly what the nurse told mm-hmm. me when she was sitting there beside me, because the day before that had had the EKG yeah. done and everything. I guess was good. And then, you know, when she's like sitting there and she's like getting me all set up with the IVs and stuff. And um, and I have to say, like, I my veins are the worst. I have the worst veins. They can never find freaking IV or uh, veins on me. And so I had three IVs in my arms. Oh, jeez. Like okay. two here and one here. Yeah. From where, and they were trying each of them. And one of them had to come out, I guess. Um, cause they were trying to find which one would be the best. Cause by the time I was in there, you know, and they had to take one out because it was like, I guess had come out or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and then they put another one in because they couldn't get the other two to work or I don't even know what was going on. But I was just like, okay, whatever you're doing. And you know when you're in the hospital for this stuff, they come in every single night at like three in the morning to take your blood. Mm-hmm. And that was so annoying because it's like, you're so tired and they come in and wake you up. And like I said, I couldn't, they could never find my veins. So they're like trying to get me to do all this stuff, like make a fist or they would put like hot water balloons in my hand yep. to hold, to warm it up. And they would, you know, move around and they would tell me, they would put, they would stick me in my knuckles. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would hurt. Mm-hmm. You when know? Jared had surgery, they couldn't find one. So it went to his neck. Oh, okay. They didn't yeah. get that far to yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, it went to his neck. Yeah, I guess they just, wherever they can get a vein, yeah. they're going to find it. Except your yeah. face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were all, my arms were so bruised mm-hmm. from all of that. Um, but they, you know, they wheel me in to do the surgery and like, I don't remember any of that. Yeah. You know, obviously, like, I remember, so I remember them taking me down to get started and they moved me to a bit, like whatever. Right. And they were, they put the oxygen mask on me and then that. That was it? That was it. Don't that remember. was your surgery table. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't remember anything yeah. after that. Um, I woke up, um, kind of like in this room with a bunch of other people in yeah. beds and I had all this machines and stuff like around me. And then the nurse was sitting there and I remember kind of like thinking like what, you know, what's going on? I guess everything's over, you mm-hmm. know? And and then I just started crying, you know, mm-hmm. and the nurse looked at me and she was like, oh my gosh, are you in pain? She was like, tell me, tell me where it hurts. You know, she's like, I'm trying to give you, get your pain medications regulated. And I said, no, I just, I'm happy I woke up. You know, I remember thinking, feeling so relieved yeah. that I had actually woke up because I was so scared. I'm sure she hears that a lot. You know, too. Yeah, yeah, I was so scared to not do that or whatever, but I don't remember being in pain, but obviously I must've been because she would ask me constantly like rate your pain and you know, um, like, cause I don't remember the pain. I guess you don't really remember pain mm-hmm. from what I understand, but, um, so I can't tell you what it felt like, but, um, you know, she was giving me, I know it was like, I think it was oxycodone and something else, morphine maybe. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, whatever she was doing to that, and I, and I was just sitting there and I was like, um, you know, where are my parents? I remember asking that. And she was like, they're down in the waiting room and they're, you know, where she's like, I'm trying to get clearance so they can come up or whatever right and i don't know how long i sat there i don't think i saw my parents till like five o'clock that afternoon or something it was late yeah and um i remember seeing them for a little bit and 
they told me that I was in that room because there wasn't a room open yet or a yeah. bed open yet. Yeah. So, um, but then I was eventually sent to a room, you know, um, and I had this huge long scar. It was like, I think they said I was like 13 inches right. on my back. And I have two chest tubes that are connected to like a tube that went to this like box thing <laughs> that collected, yeah, the yeah. and that collected the fluid. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it had measurements, so I guess they could measure how much was on the thing or whatever. Yeah. And I will say before this time, um, I was basically connected to the bed. I could not leave the bed yeah. before the surgery. Uh, they had made it, wherever I was, they had given me um, like the stuff to the to do my heart and all that kind of stuff. It was on like a, like kind of like a remote control. Mm -hmm. And that was like in my gown or whatever. So that allowed me to move around. Yeah. I mean, I had to pick up the, um, the box, Mm -hmm. like the, the, like the pump pump thing. I had to pick that up and take it everywhere because I was connected to it. But other than that, unless I had an IV in my vein or whatever, I was free to move. Yeah. Which was such a blessing Mm -hmm. because I could go to the bathroom. I could go shower. You know, I could do, I could move around. I felt more, more like a human, you know? Right. And I could reach things because there was a lot of times that I was connected to the bed and I needed something on the counter and I couldn't, and I was trying to reach it. I couldn't reach it. Mm -hmm. And the nurse, I would call like the floor I was on before I went to, um, So it wasn't ICU. I think the second time I was in ICU, or I don't even remember. Whatever. I was on the floor that they, the surgeon that did my surgery puts all his patients. Okay. So the the floor I was on before, I know the nurses had told me that they had a lot of big problem with the front desk person. Okay. Because she never would bring, she would never help. She would just basically answer calls and then just sit up there and talk to people. Okay. And so they, I remember them expressing their frustration. And I will say that my, um, my work sent me flowers that went to the front desk and the front desk never brought it to me. Really? Yeah. And so when, um, Brittany like told me about it, you know, I was like, she's like, yeah, we sent you flowers. Did you not get them? And I said, no, I did not. And I remember telling my mom and my mom talked to nurse and the nurse was like, I'll go look for them. And, um, or no, I'm sorry. My mom went to the front desk or whatever, asked about them. And they said they found them that they were at the front desk or whatever. But I don't know why mom didn't bring them in, but the nurse finally brought them, brought mm-hmm. them in. But I mean, by this time, almost all of them were not that great looking oh, because it had been there for over a week now. Wow. You know? Yeah. I mean that they just left up there, but the nurse was really upset. Cause she was like, I don't know why she couldn't bring these down here to you. Yeah. You know, Gosh. she's like, she just left them sitting up at the front desk. Like that's crazy. Um, there was a lot of frustration with yeah. her. So I would call, for help for things, you know, I mean, I would literally call for like toilet paper and nothing like, I mean, she would say, okay, we'll, we'll bring it to you. And it would be hours and still nothing. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, listen, I got to go to the bathroom. Where's mm-hmm. the toilet paper? You know, like, come on. And I would call again or I would call and ask for water, you know, cause I couldn't move myself. Like, you know, my parents were there a lot, but they weren't there 24 seven, Right. you know? So I would need something like I need a glass of water. I need something. Right. And that would, that would be nothing. And, you know, she was just, I don't know, whoever the front desk person was, just not the, not the best. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was frustrating. And also, since I didn't have my voice, that was so frustrating when I would call and they'd be like, hello. And I'm like, I need water. You know, like I need something like I would ask. And then they would just be like, they'd be like, is anybody there? I can't hear you. And I'm just like, come to my room then. I don't know what to tell you. Like I need help. Like, or I would say. I would, I'm in pain. Can I, when can I have my pain meds or whatever? Um, cause I'd have to be on top of that too. Some of the nurses, especially when I moved to the new floor, 
they were much better about keeping it regulated. Right. You know, because I do know that I would start getting in pain from the incision and the chest tube and everything. And they would give me, like, oxycodone or something like that. Right. And, um, you know, it would hit, like, you know, be six hours or whatever. And I'm like, okay, I'm in pain. Like, when can I have my payments? And, and before, I was, like, constantly asking. And they'd finally come get it or whatever. But this one, they were a little bit more on top of it. They were in the room, like... Every four hours, every six hours or whatever. Like, okay, it's time for this. It's time for this, you know? Mm-hmm. And then they started weaning me off, you know? Right. Like, as I was healing and everything like that. And, you know, the doctor would come in every day and check and just check on everything. And yep. they weren't very happy with the fluid progress. I know mm-hmm. they said they definitely wanted more out of me. So, it caused me to stay in the hospital longer. Yeah. Um, you and did it for almost a whole month. It was like three weeks. Um yeah, a little more than three weeks. So, okay. yeah, I'm close. It was like three and a half weeks. Yeah, so. yeah. So, um, I, yeah, finally got out of the hospital January 13th um, after all was said and done, which I should have been out the 12th, but the freaking nurse the night before, you know, Katie knows this story. <laughs> but I will tell you, when you're in the hospital, I don't know about now, but when I was in the hospital, they want you to have COVID. They checked me for COVID a gazillion times. Yeah. And I'm like, I have not left this room. Like, I have not gone anywhere. Like, I don't have COVID. And they would just say, well, you've had visitors. I'm like, okay, since I've had my surgery, the only people that visited me are my parents. Mm -hmm. And did they, they didn't look sick. You know, if they had any symptoms, they would not have come up here. Right. You know, it was like, that's the only, I said, unless one of your nurses are coming in with it, mm-hmm. I don't have COVID, you know, yeah. but they would constantly, and you know how terrible it is getting that thing shoved yeah. up your nose. So it was just yeah. like, I was so sick of that. And so it was the night before they said like they were, I was looking good. The infectious disease was like, you know, we're stopping your antibiotics. We think everything is doing, going well. And, um, so I was like, thank goodness. I was like, I'm going to get out of here tomorrow. Um, and then that night, like this nurse, like they take my temperature, which I will say they, they bring wheel in these machines and they do your pulse, your blood pressure, your temperature, um, and your oxygen, like, you know, every four hours, I Mm -hmm. think, or something. Um, and there were several times where the the thing would be like, you're 102 fever, you're 103. And I'm like, I feel fine. They would look at me. I'm like, I don't feel and then they would bring in another machine, and then it would be like 99, 98, yeah, 100, whatever. Yeah, it would be normal. Yeah. And so they did that constantly. Mm-hmm. Well, this nurse, she took my temperature. She said, Your temperature's 102 something. She's like, You have an infection. She's like, We're doing, running all these tests. And she's like, You know, COVID tests, I don't know, all these different tests. And she gave me more medication. She, like I said, did the COVID test again and everything. She's like, So, you know, and I'm, she's like, We're going to have to keep you another night or whatever. And I'm like, I want to go home tomorrow. Like, yeah. and I was like, can you please try another machine? I was like, you know, they did that a lot and whatever. And she was just like, no, she's like, you have an infection or she's like, you're infected or whatever. And she just would not hear me mm-hmm. and listen to me. And I was so frustrated. I was like, I feel fine. Like I look fine. Do I have to touch me? You know, I don't have a fever. Right. Like, and she was just so insistent on mm-hmm. it or whatever. And, um, and then the next night, it was the same nurse. I remember thinking, oh, no, you got to be kidding right. me. So the CNA who was there, um, I had talked to him the night before. And I was like, please. I was like, you understand. Like, I'm fine. Like, it's these machines. And and he was like, yeah. He's like, I believe you. He's like, you know, let me. Because he had wheeled in and it was like 102 or something. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I'm not staying here another night. You know, because even the infectious disease doctor came in that next day and was like, I hear you had a little, uh, you know, fever last night. 
And I said, I don't think so. I said, I was perfectly fine. Right. You know, I was like, they tested me several times with the temperature and everything was fine except for that one reading. Yeah. You know, and he was like, yeah, he's like, you know, sometimes that happens with surgery or whatever. And he's like, but you look fine. He's like, I'm stopping your antibiotics. He's like, you know, you should be, he's like, I'm clearing you to go home, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, but he was like, you know, I guess for the next day, the 13th. Yeah. And like I said, the nurse was in there and I was like, you gotta be kidding me. And the guy comes in and he takes my temperature. And he's like, oh, it says 102 or something. I'm like, no, I was like, I'm not doing this. I was like, please get another machine. He's like, yeah, I definitely will. So he, he did. He brought another machine in. He tested me three times. Every single time it was like 99 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Everything was fine. And he's like, but I still have to tell the nurse like what it was, you know? And so he goes out and I'm just laying there like, please, you know, I want to go home. I was so, I was getting so depressed at this time. Just, it's so terrible being in the hall. You can't yeah. go anywhere. I literally could get out and walk around the hallway, you know, and that's what they would want me to do to walk or whatever with a walker. Right. And other than that, I had to sit in this room and my view was to a brick wall. Yeah. So it wasn't like, you know, and I was just so frustrated, you know, I wanted to leave. I was done with the food and, you know, whatever. And I was just, I was missing everything. You know, from like, because my other niece's birthday was January 19th. And I'm mm-hmm. like, God, I want to at least get out for hers. Yeah. Because I'd already missed New I missed your birthday. I missed New Year's. I missed my niece, my nephew's birthday. I missed Christmas. You know, I missed a lot. Yeah. Like being in the hospital. And so, you know, when I, I was like, the guy was like, okay, he came in, he comes in with this like handheld um, machine. And he's like, she told me I have to test you with this. And I'm like, okay, just get over <laughs> And so he tests me. I'm fine. I'm like 98, regular, normal thing. And he's like, I think you're good to go. And I'm like, thank you for helping me out. And he's like, I'm putting a note, a sign on your door that says, um, you know, do not disturb between 11 p.m. to 6 a.m. Because like I had told the nurse the night before that, you know, I wasn't getting any rest because they were coming in every single night to take my blood or to take my vitals and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. I was like, how do you sleep when they wake you up every three hours or four hours? And so she's like, I'm going to put a note on the door saying, you know, you don't have to be disturbed. So when he left, he put the note on there. So, you know, even though I, I did not sleep because I just did not sleep well, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, and the nurse had come in that during that day, too, I meant to say this, and took out one of the test chest tubes. Mm-hmm. She left one in. And the doctor decided that I was going to go home with a chest tube since I still had a lot of fluid in me. Yeah. So they had taken the one out and then they had put um, this, like, glove on me. To catch the fluid, mm-hmm. which, like, did not catch the fluid because I woke up the next day, the whole bed was soaked, soaking yeah. wet, and the, the glove was not, there was nothing in it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, it had either popped or come off or something, you know? And so, what they had done was they they unconnected me from the, um, the machine thing, mm-hmm. the little pump or whatever, and the doctor put on, like, I guess it's like a colostomy bag, colostomy right. bag, or whatever you say that. And, um, you know, it kind of is connected to this like balloon thing or whatever, um, little bag. And, um, they use a safety pin on the end of the tube to keep the tube from going into my body. Right. You know, which is very weird, but you know, and it is very, I will say it's very painful. Um, not necessarily what they were doing to me, but the, just it being in you Mm -hmm. and I could only lay on one specific specific position to try to sleep right you know because i could not lay on my back i mean my side um and i when if i laid on my left side it would hurt because it was still sticking in me and i couldn't turn on my stomach and it was like and i'm a side stomach sleeper so sleeping on my back was like 
it's just so terrible, you know? Right. So, but I got, finally got discharged and they told me I'd have to come see them every two weeks. And what he would do is pull the tube out two inches, cut it, and then keep doing that until the fluid was out of me. Yep. Um, so I went home. I went, I didn't actually go home. I went to my sister's house mm-hmm. for about a week. Then my other sister's house for a week. Mm-hmm. Katie saw me a few times there. Yeah. Bringing me those pads, which were lifesaver. Because yes. that was the worst. Like, just being home, it was nice to be out of the hospital. But, again, I could not sleep. And I was in so much pain when I got out of the hospital because they had taken me off all the pain meds. The only thing they left me on was gabapentin and, um, or Yeah. So, you know, muscle relaxer, nerve pain. Right. Or whatever. And, um, that it was it. me off how how they are about pain medicine. Yeah. It's like, yeah. the addicts have ruined it for everybody. And that 100%. should not be how it is. Yeah. It and really it was, should not be that way. Yeah. And I was in so much pain. And I called the doctor because I said to call to see if, you know, you can get more pain medication. And the only thing he told me was take more, take ibuprofen and Tylenol. Rotate ibuprofen and Tylenol. And that's what I did. I mean, it did not help that much. I was still in pain at night, especially, especially at night. I would wake up in so much pain, and mm-hmm. I could not sleep. And then the lick, like it would kept, kept leaking mm-hmm. because I had a terrible home health nurse who didn't know what she was doing, yeah, and didn't come with the right supplies. Well, you eventually, let her go, yeah, because you were like, I could do better myself, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. my sisters were doing better, you know, like yeah. doing that or whatever. And that's you know, I lived with that bag, and then you know, with being at Ashley's house for a week, and I finally just wanted to go home because it was like you know, it'd been, you know. Over a month since yeah. I've been at my own house, you know, and I just was, I just wanted to go home at this point and finally went home. You know, it was tough, like, being here by myself because, you know, I had to do everything by myself. Mm-hmm. I had to get up and cook or get up and, you know, like, move around and, and get things for myself and stuff. Right. But mm-hmm. it did make me feel better and moving around and, mm-hmm. and everything and just feeling like my normal self, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And just um, the leakage of the tube was the worst in the bag and... Once things got better, like with me actually ordering my own bags and kind of changing it every couple of days and stuff like that, like it was a little bit better. It didn't leak as much, you know, yeah. stuff like that. But um, a couple of weeks ago, I finally got the last tube out yep. officially, you know, and um, I did have a little open wound there for a while. Um, but just like in the last couple of days, um, it has closed up where mm-hmm. there's no more leakage. But I mean, I do have some bad scars on my back. It's not. I'm not very happy. Like, it looks pretty bad when you look at it. But, I mean, they told me in the hospital, yeah, that my big incision, he said, he said that I wouldn't, within a year, I won't see it. And I just, I don't know if I believe that. We shall see. I mean, it's it's pretty big. And right now, it's like purple. Like, a big purple line. It'll (laughs) it'll be blended into your skin color. If not, maybe a little lighter in color. Okay. The purpleness will go away. Okay. Yeah. If that makes you feel any better. Yeah, that's good. Yes. But I think I'll always have these little divots, you know, in my back from the two chest tubes and stuff like that. But, you know, I was supposed to have the chest tube out uh, before, like, at six weeks. Um but he didn't, the doctor wasn't happy with the cell 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 fluid in my lungs. Yeah. So I had to wait eight weeks. I had that chest tube in me for eight weeks. Um, yeah. And that was miserable. <laughs> but now it's yeah. gone and I feel much better. I can actually go out places now. Right. Because when I had the chest tube, I could not. I mean, besides the fact that I couldn't wear a bra, so mm-hmm. it was like, you know, hard to go out and stuff. But, um, you know, with the being open wound and stuff like that, I just... You know, he didn't want me to go out around places and everything like that. But, you know, I was able to start back work and 
you know, just everything. So it's just, you know, it was an ordeal, but it's yeah. done. It's, I'm back to normal now. I am. Yeah, I can say that there was a moment where I think your mom was even questioning, like, oh god, is this? it was when she texted us and said you were doing worse, and that was when they already had the chest tube in there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that's when you were out of it, so you would have no idea. Yeah. yeah. The only thing I remember is, like, the breathing treatments, and I remember them, like, picking me up one time, and there, there were, like, five or six people in there. Yeah. And they were all, like, grabbing me and, like, moving me and, like, putting the breathing stuff on yeah. me. So I don't know what was going on. You weren't um, feeling good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. She said that they gave you a breathing treatment and you felt much better after the treatment. Okay. Yeah. So you were still having problems breathing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that was what, you know, and I did when I left the hospital, especially going upstairs, yeah. were, were very painful for me, like, breathing-wise. And everything, but definitely it's, you know, I'm definitely glad better. I mean, I'm not out here running marathons. <laughs> I'm not out here running marathons. You know, yeah, either, I mean, not like I did that before, but, <laughs> you know, I, you know, I, I, I feel much better. I feel like, besides my voice, like you mm. said, and I think, I told Katie, I think it's just a permanent thing. Yeah. You and know? it's minimal. I mean, it really yeah. is minimal. If people don't know who you are, like, yeah. I've heard you before, that's, you know, but yeah. we've known you for so long, I can... <laughs> Tell the difference. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. and I can tell. Like, I'm very interested to see how I do in the summer when we're like back in the pool and stuff. Because mm-hmm. I used to, I could swim from one end of the pool to the other underwater, yeah. breathing. You know, hold my breath. And now, especially when I would have to go get the chest X-rays, you'd have to hold your breath only for like a couple seconds. Yeah, and it would be like a panic attack. Like, I can't hold it for longer. Right. And yeah. you know, I, I'm hoping that will get better. It you know, should. as it gets, you know, as the lung is expanding still yeah. and stuff like that. and You can do, like, everything. breathing exercises if you wanted to, where you would hold your breath. Yeah. If you wanted to look up that, I'm sure that I should. could help you. Yeah. It's just getting the strength back into your lungs. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Because that's what, like, the tube, like, what the doctor's thing was, is with the tube in there, and he would pull it out two inches, the scar tissue would fill up that space so it wouldn't be filled with fluid yeah and it did work because um he said most of the fluid was gone when i was like officially took the tube out but i do remember like the between when i was supposed to get it out the six weeks and the eight weeks when i would lay on my side the tube would stick out like two or three inches like out of my body i'm like is this normal you know like but i guess it would be the scar tissue like it's not like there's nothing there anymore, yeah. you know. There's stuff, so it was like, pushing on it. yeah, it was pushing on it out, you know, okay. um, which made a little bit more sense. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I guess it worked, and you know, the, they said the because they were hoping the lung would expand, right. I guess, yeah, and take up the space, but it wasn't doing it as quickly as they needed it to, yeah. So that's why that he went with this thing or whatever. But I mean, they said it was like an old school technique that he was it doing, worked. but it, it worked, you yeah. know. And I will definitely say that. They were some of the best doctors. Um, I, I truly felt that they wanted me to get better. Yeah. And they were there to help me. Like, I would come in for my doctor's appointments, and, you know, he was always so nice. That's good. Um, very personable. Very, like, are you feeling okay? Are you okay? Like, and when we would take the tube out, like, it didn't hurt, but it was very weird. Like, yeah. And like you said, you would hear, like, this popping sensation. You would feel it. Ugh. I know. It's Ugh, very that weird. terrible. Because you think about it inside, like, in between your ribs and yeah. stuff. And Ugh. I know. It, it is very weird. Because I was, like, very scared it was going to hurt. But it did not. And it was just, you know, very weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this, the, what hurt was it being in there? Mm-hmm. And I could feel it, like, scraping things and, like, hitting things. Yeah. And 
And I can feel it in my back when I would like slay to sleep and stuff, you know, and I'm right. just like, it was very weird yeah. <laughs> sensation, <Gosh. laughs> but it's out. And like, you know, I couldn't have made it through without Katie for sure. And Valerie, like, you know, they were, they were amazing and they did a GoFundMe for me because I was out of work and yeah. I didn't have anything. So that helped me tremendously, which you know? Good. Yes. The purpose. Yes. Yeah. And so many amazing people donated, which was awesome. People and, we didn't expect to donate. Yeah, yes. And people I don't even know. There was yeah. a lot of anonymous donators, yeah. too. And um, I sincerely apologize for me listening to this. I have not gone through and, like, thanked each person on the GoFundMe yet. I'm still working on getting my strength and my, my, my mentality back into mm-hmm. to normal. Um, I did, you know, write everybody that sent me a card. And I tried to, to text back everybody that texted me and messaged me and stuff like that um, as best I could. Mm-hmm. You know, because I did have amazing messages from so many people that reached out from, you know, people I hadn't talked to in years. Yeah. And reached out to say, you know, to see how I was doing and to say they were praying for me and everything like that. And, right. you know, um, Valerie always updated Facebook. You always updated me on things that were going on outside yeah. the world, you know, yep. with everybody. I, I did Instagram. And yeah, Instagram. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And just letting everybody know what was going on and you let me know what was going on. And yeah. You know, just, um, you know, and then my work, I have to say, like, they were amazing because I was out of work for two months, you know, like, and for everyone who's in healthcare, especially what the field that I'm in, the beginning of the year is the busiest year, time of year, right? you know, and so I know it was stressful for them having to pick up my slack and stuff like that, but they were amazing. They really helped me out. You know, they always checked in with me to see how things were going and, you make sure I was okay, and, you know, they were like, take as much time as you need, and, you know, that, right. so I didn't feel as bad when I had to take the short-term disability um, mm-hmm. and take, you know, the full time out that I was given okay. and everything to heal and stuff like that. They were, they were you good. know, they were very good. Yeah, they yeah. were good. And everybody, just family, you know, my parents, like, they came up. I still have to do something for them because they came up every day. Basically, that like y'all weren't there and that's what and stuff. For, I know, but yeah. that's a lot to drive all up to Charlotte. I mean, they don't live in Charlotte, you know, so right. like they live, you know, quite a ways away from it. And then to drive up there and yeah. see me every day and stay and you know, mom would bring me snacks and you know whatever I wanted, whatever food I wanted. They would bring, because I was like, I'm not eating this hospital food, because it was disgusting. I swear they tried to kill you with that food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I had one good meal the entire time I was there, and that was like a barbecue chicken that actually was decent. Mm-hmm. Other than that, no. I mean, especially in the morning, they tried to give you those powdered eggs with cheese and this disgusting turkey sausage, and yeah. I wouldn't even touch it. And literally, the nurse would come in, because I'd have to see how much I ate and put it in the notes and stuff. And so they would come in and open up and they're like, you didn't, you didn't eat anything. I'm like, I'm not eating that. Like, yeah. I would rather not eat anything than eat that. Like, you can look at it until it looks like right. gross, you know? Yeah. They would give me like some beef stew and some weird, I don't know. It just was not good. Yeah. And I never enjoyed it. Like, I did ask for, because I would not eat. They, they would give you like a, a late night lunches mm-hmm. or sna- um, dinners. And so you had choices between like a salad, a turkey sandwich, and something else. And I would constantly get the um, turkey sandwich. Mm-hmm. And it would just come a nice turkey sandwich, 
on like a bun or whatever and yogurt and fruit. Perfectly fine for me. Yeah. I can eat that every day. I ate that so many times. Yeah. And even the woman before my surgery, the nurse came in with it. I didn't even ask for it. Oh, wow. She's like, I know you like these, you know. She's like, I know you like the turkey sandwiches and stuff. She's like, I know you have your surgery tomorrow, so I couldn't eat after midnight. Right. So she was like, here's your, you know, late night meal. And I was like so thankful, you know, that I didn't have to ask for it or whatever. Yeah. And, and everything like that. So it was just, oh, that food was so bad. Yeah. <laughs> Spills are known for that. That's yes, for sure. yes. But yeah. other than that, everybody was amazing. Like, you know, your mom was amazing. She always checked in on me, you know, and to see how I was doing. And just, you know, like I said, a lot of people reaching out, mm-hmm. helping me out. And it definitely helps you recover when you know that you, you feel, like, loved and you feel like right. people want you to get better, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, right. All right, I'm trying, you know. Like, I want to get out of this situation and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, but, yeah, I guess I'm... What, 90% back to normal, yeah. I would say? Yeah. You know? Yep, <laughs> so, almost. Let's see. Maybe 95%. Yeah. So, just a little bit. And, I mean, like I said, I will have the scars and stuff. But, you know, I guess it's battle scars. Right. <laughs> it's better to be here and have scars yes. than not. A life well lived, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> so, that's right. Yes. But that's that's basically my story. I know it was very long-winded. And I hope, you know, sorry everybody who had to... You know, hopefully you you made it to this point. <laughs> you might have checked out 30 minutes ago. <laughs> but I wanted to tell my full story and just kind of, especially, you know, there's things I learned like don't push off things. Because I knew, listen to your gut, you know, mm-hmm. listen to your body. And I knew something was wrong with me. Yeah. And I knew that I wasn't, that this wasn't normal. Mm-hmm. And yet I kept trying to tell myself I'm fine. Right. And I was so stubborn. I did not want to go to the hospital. I did not want to even go to the doctor. You know, I was like, I'll get over it. I'll get over it. But I did not, you Mm -hmm. know, and I let it progress as far as it did to where I had to have surgery Mm -hmm. for them to remove the lung because I, it was infected so bad. Yeah. And it's like, had I taken care of this before, hopefully it might not even got to that point. Right. And I hate that I was like that. So that's a cautionary tale. For future people, listen to your body. Mm-hmm. Listen to you know yourself. You know, like don't put off things just because. Like, just be 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 more cautious. You right. know, and I know that in the future. Yeah. That if things were to happen, I know to go to the doctor. I mean, I I've been good about going to the doctor regularly and all this stuff, but I'm stubborn when it comes to that. Yeah. Because I've never had anything like this happen to me before. Mm-hmm. You know, I've never even had a really, besides like the typical flu, right? you know, and um, whatever. Um, other than that, I've never had where I've been really, really sick, where I right. felt like I need to go to the hospital sick. Yeah. Um, so now I know. <laughs> Hopefully it'll never happen again. <laughs> Not if I'm around. Yeah. <laughs> Not if I'm around, that's for sure. That happens ever again. If I was at Disney... And definitely nothing against, like, Stephanie is your sister. She probably thought it was, like, just you yeah, really she sick did. as well. Yeah. But I would have probably forced you to the doctor, <laughs> Disney. Uh, the minute that that thing happened while you were on Soren, I would have been like, okay, yeah. we're going to the doctor. I don't yeah. care where we are. <laughs> I should have done it because even when we were, like, driving home, we had rotated and I was driving first. And, like, everything was, like blinding that the lights and stuff right. and like it was like fuzzy around the edges and stuff i knew i knew something was wrong but i was like i said i was just so stubborn i could have gone to the doctor when i got home you know from right. disney but yeah. i did not you know i was yeah. just like I'll, I'll see how i do on monday mm-hmm. like i said i felt fine that's what 
That's why I got tricked. Yeah. It's like the calm before the storm. Yeah. It's like I was sick, sick, sick. And then Monday was a little bit better, so I felt, okay, I'm, it's fine. I'm going away. I'm just going away. Yeah. And then the next day, it was like, no, go to the hospital yeah, now. Like because the calm before the storm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I know now. <laughs> yes. We all know now. Yes. That will never happen again. <laughs> I hope not. But thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, we're, we're so happy to be back, mm-hmm. finally. We got a lot of cool episodes coming up for you. Lots of ideas for future episodes and you know, have you ever been through anything traumatic like this before? Leave us a comment below. You know, um, you know, I'm very happy to be here. I'm very happy to be back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, like I said, I'm, you know, three months ago, my life changed, you know, right. but it was three months ago and it feels like it was yesterday, but that was, that was pretty fast. If yeah. You think about it. Yeah. And it was just yeah. like three months and I'm basically back to normal. So, you know, it, it's what, you know, just taking it day by day. Right. And just pushing through and stuff like that. So, uh, but leave us a comment below. Let us know if you've had anything like this happen to you or with a loved one. I know the COVID, a lot of people have had even worse stories that they're not in with a happy outcome. Right. So, um, like I said, we're, I'm, I'm thankful that I'm still here and that I had so much right. love and support and prayers, which I definitely think was a huge, you know, and like help for me, yeah. all the prayers and positivity that I was sent and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But um, well, we can't wait to, you know, see what else is in the future yeah. and we're going to have lots of awesome stuff for our, our listeners and we're back. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening until next time.